This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome back to another previously on Lost. This is episode number 26. That's right, 26. And we are two. That's right, only two episodes into season two. And I am, we're going to be talking about Adrift tonight. But you know what? I can't do this by myself. I have to have people to help me because, you know, being adrift by yourself, it's kind of boring. So I have with me Steven. What's going on, man? Oh, not much. Just uh, hanging out, hanging out here on my little blown up raft. Blown up raft. <laughs> well, if you got a blown up raft, you'd be the hero of the island right now. <laughs> for sure. Uh, Corey, how about you, man? Uh, you know, I'm all right. My my arm hurts. I just uh, took a bullet out with my bare hands. But other than that, I'm doing pretty good. Real man, and then you rub salt water in it. Exactly. <laughs> really make it. Oh my, that's really good. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to talking about this episode. I know we kind of mentioned, or I kind of mentioned right before we got into season two, that there are some episodes that just were not high up on my list. Um, guys, this is this is one, and we're only two episodes in. So we uh, <laughs> this is this is gonna be a great season two. Um. <laughs> But as far as network and show announcements goes, guys, there's really nothing. Uh, this past weekend, of course, when you're hearing this, uh, we're recording this on May the 26th. So uh, this past weekend was a season, 10-year season finale of Lost. Yeah, it was it was a pretty eventful um, day, I think, for people in the you know kind of Lost community. Yeah. And then, you know, Snyder Cut. But that's for another topic for another day. And uh, But we are uh, going to be talking a little bit about Lost here. So let's go ahead and dig on it. You guys ready? Ready. All right. So this is 45 to 40. This will be 44 to 45 days on the island because we kind of get the day 45 right at the end of the episode. So, Stephen, why don't you take us away about what happened previously on Lost? All right. Previously on Lost, Michael, Walt, Sawyer, and Jen say goodbye to the other survivors and set sail on the raft. The raft is ambushed by a group of people on a small boat who abduct Walt and destroy the raft with an explosive. Locke blows open the hatch with dynamite from the Black Rock, disturbing a mysterious occupant inside. Jack tells the others that hiding in the hatch is no longer an option. Locke says he is going down to explore before morning. Kate offers to go down before Locke. When she is nearing the bottom on a rope held by Locke, a a bright light shoots out from the hatch, and she is pulled forcibly down the rest of the way. Dum, dum, dum. So, this is Season 2, Episode 2. It it aired September 28, 2005, directed by Stephen Williams and written by Stephen Maeda and Leonard Dick. Uh, summary it occurring at the same point as the previous episode. We so kind of like parallel 
episodes, you know, flashlight. No. Uh, emphasis shifts <laughs> to Kate and Locke's perspective and what happened to them before Jack joined them down inside the hatch. Meanwhile, Sawyer and Michael try to come to terms with what happened to them on the raft. Interesting stuff. Dum dum dum. A lot right. of blame goes around. We'll get to that later. Yeah, there's there's quite a lot of blame game in this episode. All right, so a couple facts for everyone here. Uh, the World Trade Center towers were digitally re-added in this episode to show the pre-2001 timeline setting uh, for the for the flashback in New York, obviously. Mm. And then with 23.17 million viewers, this is the second most watched episode in the series. Very interesting. You know, Mike... Loves this episode, and a lot of people saw yes, it. Yes, <laughs> just absolutely thrills my soul. And additionally, let's see. The aquatic scenes took three nights to film, uh, and not a great swimmer, Harold Perenau, had swimming lessons in the hiatus between seasons one and two in preparation for his scenes on the water. And finally, when Sawyer and Michael are... On the remains of the raft, uh, the shark swimming around has a Dharma Initiative logo seen on its tail, which I think that this logo was a lot harder to see like when this first aired on TV because I just watched it on Hulu and it looked like it was like all brightened up. Maybe it's just the version that, yeah. that I'm seeing. It was like so obvious and easy to see now. It wasn't. I don't think it was like that before. No, I watched this episode on Hulu as well. So it seemed a whole lot brighter than what I remember it being. I, yeah, totally. I feel like they, they did go back and make some changes. I know, for example, uh, the picture of Penny and Desmond, They when they first showed it on the show, there was a different Penny. And I mm-hmm. think that in some of, when they've released it digitally, they've kind of gone back in and changed that to be the the picture of the penny that we know. So I think it could just be something like that, where they've digitally changed the episode later um, when they released it. Yeah. That's, that's probably what happened. A lot of places tend to do that. So. Okay. Anyways, that is all we have for facts today. Sweet. All right. All right. So as far as the episode goes, let's get into uh, our discussion here. We're going to go through our four to eight episode moments, uh, things that stood out to us, things that we want to discuss. And uh, Stephen, why don't you start us off? Well, I I think I'm going to start off right where the episode started, right where last season ended. Um, you know, after they blew up the, you know, the others blew up the raft, I thought there was something that I didn't remember as much when I watched this first that Sawyer could hear both Michael and Jen screaming. And I, I didn't remember that Hmm. from before. Um, I mean, I, I you know, I know we lost Jen and didn't know where he was for the rest of the episode, but, but there at the beginning, you could hear both Michael and Jen and Sawyer, he had to kind of make a a Jack type decision. Like we saw Jack make last episode of, you know, where am I going to go help? Am I going to go to Michael or Jen? He decided Michael. I don't know if that, 
if he if he felt like Michael was in more immediate danger. Um, I also thought, you know, then he he rescued Michael, pulled him up onto the, you know, remains of the wreckage, and he did another kind of Jack like thing, and then he had to beat on Michael or beat on Michael's chest to try to, you know, bring bring him back to life or keep him alive. Thought that was another kind of just. You know, Sawyer doing Jack-like things. Um, but I where, thought that was kind of an interesting way to, you know, kind of intense way to start the episode. And where have we seen somebody beating on somebody else's chest before? Oh, uh, that that was Charlie. How many times was it? Was it 20, 23 pounds on his chest to bring him back to life? Yeah, I think that's something. That's the magic number, 23. Okay. I, don't th- I, don't, I don't think Sawyer had to hit Michael that many times, but... Uh, Michael wasn't in quite as bad a shape as Charlie was. No. But I did, I did just think that was kind of interesting that, you know, Sawyer put in the same, you know, put in these situations. You know, he reacts like Jack. He, you know, he he took a, you know, he took a bullet trying to trying to save everybody, you know, at the end of last season. Um also thought, you know, skipping ahead just a little bit, um where uh, Sawyer pulls out his own bullet and, you know, we haven't got there yet. Um, yeah, yeah, we're, we're still talking spoilers here, but in the future, Jack's going to perform surgery on himself. And here is Sawyer performing his own little mini surgery on himself. I, I just really picked up a lot of, you know, basically Sawyer acting Jack, like, you know, kind of leading this little group of, that were on the raft. So I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, that's actually really interesting. I didn't think of that at all, really. And when you think about, when you think about Sawyer's story, like to the end of season five, he really does learn to be a really high quality leader. And he, and he morphs into some would say like a, a better version of Jack at times. Everybody's a better version of Jack. No, no, no. Well, you know, that, that's, that was terrible. <laughs> that's kind of kind of how they finished last season too. It's this question of you know, it, either Sawyer is you know either wants to die or he's a hero, and you know who is he? And uh, you know, I think yeah. we find out little by little that he is a hero. So. Okay, so I do kind of have a little bit of an issue, though. Okay, this is kind of where uh, my my issue lies with with this episode. I feel like this raft scene was intensely long, and I don't think that the raft scene needed to be that long. I feel like they really like everything that happened on the raft. I feel like they could have done in like a 10 minute spot instead of taking up like half the episode on the raft. Yeah. So this I, is, I guess this is kind of one of my, one of my issues. I mean, we, we, they're switching from the, from the wreckage to the pontoon and then they're talking about Walt and Jen screaming and it's, it's, it's just, it's too much, I think. So that, that, that's one reason why I had an issue with it. I certainly can see why you felt that way. There was a lot of time spent on it. I I personally think they did a lot of good things on the raft. I think there was a lot of good character moments, development. I I loved the the fact that Michael felt like, 
you know, he kept screaming for Walt and, you know, Sawyer's kind of telling them, Hey, save your energy. And he says, you know, this, that's all I'm holding on to right now is maybe my son can hear me. And I don't know, you know, that, that one, that one kind of hit me, hit me pretty hard. I thought that was, uh, some really good Michael moment there. Uh, so, but I agree. They definitely did kind of drag it out through this whole episode. I also kind of felt like, I, we, maybe we'll talk about the shark later, but I felt like the shark was really hanging around for a long time. Like, yeah. And before he, before they actually, you know, shot it, like it felt like the whole sh- shark messing with them thing really did kind of go on for a while. I, I can agree with that. I, I think the whole shark issue was not as much to mess with them as the writers were trying to establish that there's a low, there is a Dharma ish logo on this thing. So to try to open up more, um, more, more theories, more secrets and that kind of thing. But I mean that, yeah. And, and I agree if Sawyer was bleeding as bad as he was, that shark would have been all over him a whole lot quicker than, just that one little run up against them. Yeah. The, that bamboo would not have kept that shark away from them. If the shark was really trying to get them, I don't think. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I think there's a number, a number of like frustrating parts to this whole raft story that just, you have, you know, these two guys that have some interesting things to say while they're floating on the raft. I think when Sawyer brings up the whole stuff about, hey, that boat was really small. Like, that must have come from the island. Like, that's really interesting. Like, oh, now we're getting the idea that these are the others. And, like, it's it really does add to the plot of the whole season. But at the same time, you know, you know, they discuss that. They discuss who's to blame. In the, I think the first scene, they discuss who's to blame. And then they they separate. And then they discuss that stuff, and they're stuck together. And then he pulls the bullet out. Then they come back together. And, Mike, you're totally right. Like, the whole thing could have been 10 minutes or less. Or they could have found a way. Like, let's take the three aspects of these three different scenes and make them into one scene and make it work really yeah. quickly. But I think it, it it just has to do with the way they, they do these first three episodes. It seems like this is the middle part, and it's like a trilogy of episodes, and so they just stretch out this middle part to make it to make it work as this three episode arc, you know, kind of because of the of the hatch and everything going on there. Right. Yeah. Uh, but but anyway, so uh, one of the things that I kind of had on here as well, uh, one of my episode moments is Claire discovering the Virgin Mary statue. So we know what's in it. Charlie knows what's in it. Claire has no idea what's in it. And yet he he is already starting off that lie of, you know, well, she's the Virgin Mary. It's always good to keep around. And she said, well, I didn't know you were so, so religious. And it's just, it's, he's already starting that lie. And I think this is kind of what builds up to fire and water when we get there is this, this is, this is the first crack in, in, (laughs) in the, in in the, in the foundation of their friendship is when he already goes off and lies and, and is caught with that in his bag. 
Yeah, this starts a uh, rough stretch of episodes for Charlie, to, to put it kindly. Um, Charlie's season two is uh, is definitely uh, an interesting road. Yeah, he he never really recovers from from season two. He 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 never he tries, but he never really recovers from season two, in my opinion. Uh, I so. I feel I feel like they gave him a, a really good ending, <laughs> um, which you know we'll we'll see in season in the future. But yeah, he he struggled. Season two, Charlie made some uh, questionable decisions. Okay, yeah. Anything else you guys got? What else? Uh, what else kind of stood out to you this episode? Well, um, yeah. go ahead, Corey. I was just going to say that I think Desmond, you know, I, I really enjoyed getting a little more information from him. And I, I think that in the beginning of the season, you don't get a whole lot of um, you, we really don't get the Desmond story until until the end of the season. But just getting like a few scenes like between him and Locke where. Uh, and I, f- I found this to be the most interesting part of the episode is when, when when Locke is in the hatch and then he asks him, you know, what did one snowman say to the other snowman? And, you know, then I think the, the best moment is when Locke asks him, you know, what's your name? And Desmond has this like really weird moment where he you know, is realizing like, wow, so I'm actually having a human interaction here. And he's yeah. like, what is my name? Oh, it's 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 Desmond. When did when when did I say that out loud last time? Yeah. <laughs> I I speaking of that, I love when he 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 tried to fool Desmond, but Desmond <laughs> he, he wasn't gonna go for it. You know, he he knows who well then who's she? Well, she's with me, and <laughs> and then of course she gets she gets thrown into the food storage room. Now, the first thing she grabs. Okay, let's be honest. If you've been on the island for 45 days and all you've eaten is is coconuts and whatever, the first thing you grab is an Apollo candy bar. <laughs> what would be the first thing you would grab? This this may be revealing more about myself than I probably should, but I am a weirdo and I don't like chocolate, so I would not grab wow. that Apollo bar. Um there's there were I, there was some some good looking uh was like trail mixes in there. I may I may have grabbed some uh, a nice trail mix with some peanuts there, but uh, definitely wouldn't have grabbed the Apollo bar. But that's just me. <laughs> yeah, I mean imagine her now imagine because of course she takes a bite of one and then she grabs like five or six of them and shoves them <laughs> down the back of her pants before she climbs up into <laughs> to this to this vent place and they're probably gonna melt for some reason that that's what she grabs but my mindset is thinking your body has not had any kind of solid food in like 45 days and you're gonna immediately grab a bar of sugar I just imagine what kind of reaction her body is going to have to that 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 chocolate candy bar in just a couple hours after that. You know, I actually think this is not not the worst idea. You know, grabbing the candy bar, you're depleted. I know she's had a lot of of fruit probably, so she has had some sugar. But I don't think I'd go candy bar though. I could see in the moment going for that. I would think probably. Like if there was a box of crackers, like some wheat thins or just something that's like 
salty and yep you know some sort of like snack like that because i don't think you've had anything like that on the island since like day five probably oh yeah when those when those peanuts were uh ran out from the uh from the plane <laughs> so so what so do you think so we kind of got we kind of played it last week where we saw the the gunshot go up and mrs kate kate's yelling jack can't hear um do you and we and we don't get much more until next episode Our next episode is gonna be interesting because next episode Locke is gonna be like so enthralled because he entered the numbers exactly as desmond said and as soon as he hit the execute button it was almost as if i remember okay now Locke is hooked <laughs> you know he 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 is there now he is set now he gets to watch the orientation video so this is this is this is the start, man. This is the start of everything. This is like, you know, the last episode. Yeah, we had uh, we had you know them going into the hatch, but this is the the start of like every mystery, every thought. Where's the food come from? Why had a Desmond get down there? What are the numbers? This is like the starting point of this of all these theories. Yeah, I think this is a great. I think the this is a weird episode because there's there's some cool stuff to it that are really that's really interesting and like you said this is the beginning of what becomes you know years of speculation and there's there's so much to to ponder to try to figure out and we really get into it you know later in season five but uh, you know this right here it kind of sets the you know sets the groundwork for what so much of Lost is going to become. And then on the opposite, so you have this really cool setting and this really interesting story. And then on the opposite side of the island, you have two guys on a raft that presumably they're sitting on some bamboo in a, um, <laughs> in, inside a studio in some, in, in some sort of pool. And they're just sitting there. It's in the dark and they're just arguing with the, you know, with the lights shining on them. So it's like really, not very interesting and you know extremely interesting at the same time so i think that's why this episode is kind of polarizing yeah anything else about the hatch storylines yeah i i agree that we i think we really learned a lot from that story i mean it's always interesting when Locke gets to interact with somebody new um and he definitely got you know some information out of Desmond, you know, not a lot, but there was some really interesting stuff there. I thought when they, you know, when Locke said that their plane crashed 44 days ago and uh, Desmond definitely had a, uh, you know, a, a, you know, a bit of a moment there once he heard 44 days ago, it seems like that could come back into play. Um, thought some of the stuff he said, you know, about has anyone gotten sick? And then, you know, he, he asked, is the, the world still out there? Um, so, you know, he, this guy in the bunker, he doesn't even know if the world is still going on as he knows it. Um, so you kind of get the sense that he's been down here a long time. You see all the, you know, all the, the little marks on the wall, seemingly counting days he's been down there. So I really feel like there's kind of a, an info dump here or at least the start of one that's going to start, you know, continue with the orientation video. 
um, yeah, definitely some good stuff came out of that. Yeah. All right. Anything else about the raft storyline? Because I know some of you, some of us are just itching to go into the um, flashback storyline here. Yes. So I'll say this about the, the raft. Like, there are some good moments to it, and I love I love Sawyer pulling the bullet out. I, I mentioned that before, and he's got one of his best, you know, best all time one liners. You know, after he takes it out, you got a band aid and uh, just you know, this is... <laughs> Sawyer starts to evolve into a new being. You know, after this this episode, you know, he was kind of. He was one character in season one, and now he just like he takes it even further. He 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 takes it to you know Sawyer 2.0, and he starts adding <laughs> new layers as as he starts to interact. Well, now that he instead of having like people that are kind of like mutual, you know, on on the same side as him, he's going to have more enemies to deal with. So it's it's really interesting to to see more more Sawyer, and this is kind of the beginning of it. And then I'll say. The weird thing is, though, this is a Michael episode, and I, I think we're about to get into the flashback. But, you know, Michael doesn't really do that much. And I was trying to think while I was watching this episode, what is Michael's story for the episode? Yeah. And really, his story is that at the beginning, he's mad at Sawyer and he's blaming everything on Sawyer. Um, and he can't take any responsibility and then at the end, when when the light, you know, when the, the sun comes up, you know, he's sitting there and he finally breaks down and he kind of accepts that, um, you know, whether he's right or wrong, he accepts that, you know, that some it's somewhat his fault. And it, it's really not his fault either, but I think I think it's important for him to not blame Sawyer anymore. And so that basically is his his story. Which is really not that interesting of a story for an episode. No, but, it's really not. <laughs> but but it, did, it did give us an interest. I, I thought the moment at the end was a good moment. Was it worth watching them sit on the raft for like 20 minutes floating around arguing? I'm not sure if it was no. worth that. No, I, I don't think it was. I mean, it had some moments. It did have some character growth. Like you, you did see a lot of Sawyer growth, I think, uh, in this part. And you did see some, you, you did see some Michael growth ish to to a point i still think actually i almost think you see some more of michael's digression in this because when he first got to the island he did he didn't want to be a father to walt then he wanted to be a father to walt then he was and he was mad at everybody else you know come near my son don't talk to my son then it's okay cool you know you can hang around with walt now and now that walt went missing and, and you know i understand too as a parent now that now well now that walt goes missing michael's reverted back to his man don't talk to me and 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 i'm gonna keep yelling and it's almost as if now he has shut it's almost like a defense mechanism for him he shut everybody else out and he's going to kind of digress back to his original michael form and we see he never goes back to the Michael before the raft set off. I mean, he never goes back to that guy. Yeah, which is which is really sad because Michael's Michael's a good been, character. Good, right? He could have been a really good character in future storylines. So he just he never went further. So, uh, so I guess we're done with the raft. I guess we're done with the. Uh, 
I, the the one last thing on the Raph storyline that it was literally a laugh out loud moment for me was when Sawyer said, "It's only a shark." Like, what in the? <laughs> Michael kind of looks at him like, "It's only a shark." <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that came from. You're the one bleeding on my raft. Get off if you think it's only a shark. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 then, and then he, you know, he talked about how, do you know boats, Mike? And it's like, does Sawyer have some sort of a nautical background that we just never get that story? Because it seems like Sawyer's pretty uh, confident in boats and water, not scared by a little shark. It was just, it, that one really kind of caught me off guard. And I, I yeah. thought that was a, a pretty funny <laughs> moment. That was good. Oh. All right, so here it is. The storyline we all want to talk about. The flashbacks. So, who wants to go first on this one? I think, okay, I'll just say this before we go on. This is probably the outside of the raft. This is the one thing that I felt was the most inconsistent and irritating flashback the entire episode. But, that's my two cents. Well, I don't know if I feel that way about it. I think that this this flashback is uh, irritating and frustrating uh, at, at throughout a lot of it. And I, I think it's you're you're just like Stephen has said before. It makes you hate Susan Porter a little bit, though. Though she's not quite <laughs> as bad in this one as she has is in some of the other ones. I feel like her lawyer not is nasty. not as bad in this one. Are you kidding me? Oh, maybe, she's lawyer, maybe she's worse. I don't know. Her, her lawyer was nasty more than anything. Uh, yeah, yeah, this her, is one where it's it, you get really angry at the TV watch and you really feel for Michael. So I don't know. I, I don't think it's the best flashback, but. I will give it some props for, you know, invoking some emotion out of me and making me, you know, feel something. Because uh, there's there's some of the other flashbacks where I'm just like, I just want to fast forward and be over with it. But at least this one was there's there's something that it brings out in you. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Well, um, you know, I I have voiced my opinion on Susan Porter before. <laughs> we know, and we. We know what she has done. We know that Brian Porter did not even want to adopt Walt. It was Susan Porter's idea. We've seen Susan manipulate Mike in the uh, in the hospital, and then we see that come back to you know she comes back and uses that against him here. But the scene where Susan talks to Michael without the lawyers. You know, says, I think you're going to win and basically talks him into signing over the, you know, custody of his son so that Brian can adopt him. It, it, to me, is one of the most purely evil scenes I have ever seen. It is truly horrible what she is doing here. And, you know, she looks nice doing it. She does a good job. You know, you can see why she's a good lawyer. But it is just absolutely brutal what she is doing to this guy and doing to her son. It is so wrong and on every level. I, it, I just, to me, this, this scene, we finally got to see the true worst part of Susan Porter, who I've already not been a fan of. I just thought this was horrible. And then to see... Uh, to see him have you know have to say goodbye to his son, 
it it was just tragic and it it, yeah. it just it definitely uh, caused some uh, emotions in me for sure i i i don't like this episode because of that while still thinking it's a good like the backstory i think is a is well done while being extraordinarily frustrating well i i i, I didn't I, I did not mind the with him the scene where he is in the park and telling you know Walt goodbye and that kind of thing like like that one was tough for me to watch you know absolutely I, I think think what's what was inconsistently irritating to me was and maybe inconsistent is the wrong word uh, was was what was irritating to me is if she is this huge big name lawyer why does she not represent herself why does she not say anything why does she not just stand there i mean why does she just sit there as she is you know listening to her lawyer like completely rake michael over the coals when when you know the questions were well do you know what his favorite food is you know you know you know how you know when's the last time you've seen him so it's probably been about about a year 14 months to be exact and just just snap 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 run on michael when when you know in all actuality michael hadn't seen walt because why susan had walt and couldn't could never do it because they were in they were all over the country <laughs> and they were all the world that he could never spend time with walt and it, 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 I, I don't know it, it, it there were some irritating moments, and that's probably why I don't like this flashback. Uh, it's not as bad as the raft scenes to me, uh, <laughs> but this 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 you know it's it's just it's very it was very rough. Even when even when you already knew what was going to happen when Michael walks into Laura's office and and he's like yeah yeah one of those injunction do do that thing, and Laura looks says all right look here's the thing the fact that you came into my office tells me probably don't have a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and for a lawyer to pretty much say that you're like oh great <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'll say, I, like i feel i feel like that was a good tv moment it worked in this scene while i don't necessarily think it was realistic or i that that was just a he's a bad lawyer because absolutely um you 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 can do these things and get these injunctions without using a lawyer it it's going to be harder it may not work but you can these things couldn't be stopped Basically, susan wouldn't have been able to do this if if michael really you know did what he could to stop her and that's that's you know another part of the frustrating thing as mad as i am at susan porter i am kind of equally mad at at michael you know, I f you feel bad for him, and this you know this using everything against him is just brutal. But at the same time, he does eventually give in, and that's uh, just to me unacceptable. Like no matter she can, you know, any of her lawyerly persuasion should not have been able to convince him to agree to that. And so that's why I I find the the character of Michael hard because. You feel bad for him, and you see him trying, but then you also see that he gave up, and you know. Then it makes me think back to that scene in the airport um, when he called his mom, 
when yeah. Michael called his own mom to ask if she could take care of Walt because he couldn't do it. Like Michael, I like it just it makes you feel horrible for Walt because Michael does give up, you know, several times on being Walt's father, and and that is another troubling thing to watch. Yeah, yeah, I, I think this whole. Uh, flashback is is really hard to watch. There's a few moments that are that are interesting, but like the takeaway, I think you're right, Stephen, is that this is just it. It's a sad story, and it's one of those. I know that most of the lost characters have a bad history. That's kind of like why they get called to the island or whatever. But this story in particular is is really sad, and you know, Michael really doesn't get a whole lot of redemption too. I mean, they, they give him a little bit here and there and, you know, for all the times he fails, he does, he does try to be a good dad, you know, especially during season one and then all throughout this season, trying to save Walt. But ultimately Michael ends up as one of the few characters who is stuck on the Island as a spirit in the very end. Uh, and I mean, not to jump ahead to the very end end, but it, it was it was interesting. We we mentioned how we just had the tenth anniversary of the finale. So I watched the finale the other night and I was like so enthralled by it and into it. And then we go into a drift and I was thinking about Michael and I'm like, oh yeah, Michael, nowhere to be found in the finale. He doesn't go to end up in the church. I know I think he's in a few episodes before that. He he talks to Hurley or something, but and yeah, this is, you know, between Michael and Locke, like two of the most tragic characters in the show, definitely. As you know, we know in the future, too, that once Michael does get Walt back, that they get estranged again. Uh, you know, so Walt, Walt not only has his mom's died, he he knows, you know, He's having a hard time building a relationship with his father. He gets kidnapped. His father gets him back. Then he finds out what his father did to get him back and then doesn't want to talk to him. I mean, Walt's story is really uh, just a horrible, horrible, tragic story. So do you think then that the move kind of moving in both of y'all's pieces there with Walt's story being tragic and with Michael's story not being fully closed on the island the way we would like it. Do you think it all really retcons back to the fact that uh, I, I can't, can't remember the actor's name who played now now, now who played Walt. Um, Malcolm David Kelly. Was it? Yep. Hot dog. <laughs> um, I couldn't remember for some reason. Do you think it was the fact that because maybe they had more intentions for Michael and for Walt in the following seasons, but because of the age growth of uh, of Kelly, that's it kind of shot them in the foot then. So now Michael was kind of left there as a lot, almost like a log carrier, just kind of like, okay, I'm just kind of floating around out here. You know, use me when you need me. But his story was so closely tied to Walt's that when the actor grew to the point he couldn't play Walt anymore, it almost kind of shot Michael's story in the foot. Well, I, I do think that, you know, Michael's story ultimately, yeah, it does get shot in the foot, you could say. 
But I do think he has a lot of interesting stuff in in season two, as as we'll see as the as the season unfolds. Like as sad as it is to watch, and then like when you look at his whole story, it is pretty sad. There are some really cool moments in season two where you can see Michael like going insane. And he's yeah. one of the few people that really gets like this sort of kind of you could almost say like island sickness, you know, like this the sickness, like, you know, kinda like Claire. He he goes insane because his his kid is taken. And and Claire later has a similar thing happen. You know, it's a little bit different, but uh, you know, I do like when Michael grows out the beard and the hair and he's like kind of this insane person by the end of the season. That's that's an interesting story in some ways but but to answer your question i think you're right i think what happened is walt was um the actor he was too old and so they thought all right we have to do something and then i think um as they're trying to figure out what to do they realized you know we have this whole plot with the others these people on the island we want them to be a threat well let's have them take walt and now what's michael's reaction well michael is going to go crazy looking for walt and so it kind of shoehorned Michael into this role uh, that maybe they didn't intend originally because they had to have Walt be kidnapped. And what are you going to do? Are you going to kill off Walt? Well, that I mean, what would that do to Michael as a character? That would be even that would probably be even worse, you know. Uh, so, you know, the, it just it, it really I think it did. I think they wrote themselves into a corner and to escape it. They just went like, let's just go balls to the wall. Just let's go crazy and make it as uh, unpredictable as possible, which is what they did. But I I think it did all originally stem from the actor growing, you know, too fast. And I think I think that the creators have, have said that and admitted that many times that they that that's what happened, that he just had that, you know, he had a growth spurt. It's not that they didn't expect him to grow. He just you know, had a growth spurt and started looking older soon. But the part that I that I still get confused on is that they they did this kidnapping at the end of season one and he hadn't had that growth spurt yet. So they had the, the kidnapping plan was already in place before he had his growth spurt between season one and two. So maybe maybe that storyline would have ended differently if they could have brought him back easier without that grocer, but at least the kidnapping was already, you know, filmed right. before he had his, his growth spurt. Yeah. So that's, that's a good point. That's the only thing that I kind of wonder on that whole thing, but yeah, I mean, I, the, that's what the creators have definitely said. Yeah. 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 I, I think with, if, if Walt um, is not forced to leave the show, I think that Michael finds his way to some sort of redemption and, and comes back into the regular cast and, and is part of the cast. I don't think, I don't know what the fate and we'll get into this, you know, later down the road. I don't know what the fate of Libby and Anna Lucia would have been if they were going to die anyways. Uh, but I, I think it would have been a little bit different. See, well, I could see Michael at the end. If for some reason, you know, he didn't, you know, he he's able to continue making like I mean, of course, we know Jack was the central character. We, we understand that. But like we could see like I could see Michael making the sacrifice play in the show in the end if he was able to make it through to, the, to all, all the way down. Um, 
you know, maybe, maybe to, maybe to, to save Walt for some reason. You know, of course, we know because we know in the in the epilogue episode, Hurley goes back and gets Walt. So we know that. So maybe Michael sacrificing himself to the island for some reason would prevent Walt from ever having to go back somehow. Yeah, it, it's. I was gonna say it's interesting. It's just uh, a testament to how a show develops organically. Because like, who would have thought? in the end you'd have Hurley still there, right? Like <laughs> as taking over. Um, like I think originally, if you would have looked at the cast, like season one, you would have thought, Oh, Michael, Charlie, they're going to make it to the end. Like they're going to be part of this the whole way through. And then obviously that doesn't happen. You were going to say something, Steven? Yeah, no, I, I was just going to say that. I, th- I think I remember when watching it, being very frustrated be, because I, I was aware that, you know, the reason why they had had to kind of write Walt out is because he had grown. But we went through so many time jumps, time permutations going further in the show. There was a chance that they could have brought Walt back in a way that made sense. And I kept honestly believing they were going to, you know, we see him a couple times, you know, when Locke goes to see him and decides he's been through enough, but there really was a way to bring Walt back with the actor being older and they never took that. And I was always a little, you know, just frustrated at the the lost opportunity there. Cause I just, I thought Walt's story was so great and the Walt setup was so great. I, I really think they kind of missed the, missed a good opportunity there. Yeah. All right. Anything else guys? The last thing I'll say is, I mentioned this earlier, but I think that the other thing that this episode suffers from is the fact that everything that happens with Locke and Kate and Desmond is, you know, we're just catching up to the point we were, the point that we were at the end of of, uh, episode one. So, you know, I I think viewers are frustrated with, oh, we just want to see like the next scene. So you know, the, there's some there's some cool stuff in this episode. When you're binging it, it doesn't really matter. Like you, who would who cares? You know, I'll just watch the next one immediately. But when this aired on TV, I think this episode was really frustrating <laughs> for people. Yep. Not a lot of really forward, not a lot of forward momentum. Exactly. No. Exactly. Not at uh, all. A couple other little things I forgot that we haven't mentioned is the fact that uh, Michael gave Walt a, a stuffed polar bear. And yep, con- considering true. Walt's, uh, you know, run-ins with polar bears and the comic book and everything, that you know, it was kind of a fun touch there. Um, and we finally got to see, uh, we finally got to see some more others other than the the boat people who we still uh, don't know much others. about. No, no, Are... they're they're not others. They're utters, utters. <laughs> Poor Jen. Yeah. I, I, we I, never I, did I, get to see how Jen got back to land. Like I know. <laughs> it's 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 funny because when I watch a show now, I watch it with closed captions on, regardless if I need it or not. Just because I just want to see sometimes sometimes you miss something and closed caption had his word as utters, utters. U D D E R S. I'm I'm just I'm laughing at the end. I'm like, oh look, it's the others. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're not we're, we're not watching the Last Jedi. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so. Utters. 
Oh my goodness. Well, if, right. if, I if I recall, I don't know that all of those others are actually the same actors in this scene as they're going to be the, you know, the following you know, the next time we see them. I um, do know the character who played Mr. Echo that I, I'm not, cause I'm not going to say his real name cause I'm going to butcher it, but I know that was, that was actually his, his character. Yeah, that yeah, actually he, was. He, he was, he was in the credits. I didn't notice that, but I want right. to say, I want to say that I, that I read that those weren't the act, weren't all the same actors there, but I guess he had kind of a, a you know, he was kind of an imposing presence there. So I guess it was somebody nice had, they were able to use him. Well, somebody had to carry the big stick, Steven. <laughs> so. All right. Mr. Echo's stick. <laughs> so he didn't have anybody die this week, except for oh, probably the Dharma Shark. Yeah, what about Ez Ezra J. Sharkington? Ezra J. <laughs> Sharkington. That was <laughs> beautiful name. I'm pretty sure that was his name, his official name. <laughs> well, every, I'll bet a bit a lot of the viewers thought Jen too. Uh, it's at least all Jen <laughs> roll around. Um, so yeah, that was uh, in memoriam is already done. We didn't have anybody, so let's let's do it. Let's do it, Stephen. Give me 15 to 16 seconds. Uh, give me your overall thoughts on the episode. What do you think? This was this was a this was a hard episode to really decide how I felt. I I felt like the backstory while was troubling but good, um, and I enjoyed the you know finding out some more from Desmond. Out of everything with Desmond and Locke was very interesting. There were some good moments, you know, on the on the raft. But I think I agree with you guys that it definitely probably lasted a little bit too long. But I definitely remember feeling that these first couple episodes just kind of repeated each other a little bit. So I would say it wasn't one of my favorite episodes, but it, it wasn't a bad episode. All right. How about yourself, Corey? Yeah, this, this one's hard to, to nail down. I, I think that we have some really fun moments in this episode, some really interesting development. And I think, actually for as boring as parts are this this does develop a lot of of the story that's going to carry the whole season with stuff in the hatch and and some of the conversations between uh sawyer and michael so it's kind of it's it's eh, it's it's fun to watch like i said when you're just binging through i enjoy this episode but am i ever am, am i going to go find this episode to watch on its own probably not ever going to do that no I, I wouldn't either. Um, you know, I, I thought it was a good episode. It's definitely not one of my. It's definitely not one of my. I don't want to say good. It was okay. Uh, it's not not one of my favorites. It's um. It's really not. I mean, there's just some. There's just some episodes in season two that I just don't like. Matter of fact, for a long time there, I did not like the episode Fire and Water. And when we get to that one, and uh, I've I've come to actually enjoy it a little bit more than I than I did. But this one was just. It it, it wasn't there. Um, I, I hated the backstory because I hated seeing, I hated more anything, more than anything. I hated, I hated it for Walt having to deal with everything he was going through, um, and that backstory. And, um, of course we obviously know what's going to happen to Sawyer since he's got that bullet and <laughs> that bullet. Of course him scraping it out with saltwater fingers probably didn't help. Um, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it was okay. It was okay. All right. 
I think it's time to to rate this episode, our our twenty three rating system. Today we're going to rate it out of uh, one out of one to twenty three suspicious sharks. So, Corey, what would how many suspicious sharks would you give this one? Well, it's it's I think I think Mike kind of nailed it there. It's okay. It's good. It's somewhere in there. So I'm going to go 17 out of 23 suspicious sharks. It's kind of hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Mike, how many uh, sharks would you give this episode? Again, it's it was okay. Um, this is probably the lowest rating I've given an episode. Of course, I'm probably sure there will be lower. Uh, Nicky and Paulo. <laughs> uh, but... Um, I'm going to give this one 14 out of 23. So it's not great. It's not terrible. It's just kind of floating mid-range there. <laughs> floating <laughs> mid-range. And, uh, drift. So, the drift. So 14 out of 23 <laughs> suspicious sharks. All right. And I, like Corey, I also gave this one a 17 out of 23 suspicious sharks. Um, yeah, this, this one was one of the harder ones to rank for me. I just, I, there were certain things I really liked, certain things I didn't. Um, but overall, I, I think I, I liked the episode. All right. All right. Well, uh, Sawyer's name dictionary, he's called, uh, Michael Bluebeard and Hoss and, uh, Sawyer hadn't really been around Kate. So our freckle count sits at five still. Uh, for pop culture cananzas, uh, <laughs> did y'all see that? <laughs> uh, connections, bonanza. Sawyer calls Michael Hoss. Hoss Cartwright was a big man, the warm and lovable middle son of Ben Cartwright in the show Bonanza. Uh, Michael's attorney references the biblical story of David and Goliath, so the Bible is mentioned. Uh, Bluebeard Sawyer refers to the bearded man as Bluebeard, the title character. In this famous fairy tale about a violent nobleman and his overcurious wife, it was written by Charles Perrault and first published in 1697. And then, of course, we had Make Your Own Kind of Music Again, when Desmond's holding Locke hostage in the Swan Bunker. All right, here we go. Next episode. Make sure you bring your pencils, your notebooks, whether you need your iPad or computer, because it is time for orientation. Could be the longest episode of Previously and Lost ever. Could be. Or maybe not. Probably about the same. True, true. <laughs> well, do any of y'all have any uh, anything else before we close on out then? No, that's it for me. I'm, I'm excited we, for orientation. I think this is one of the, the best episodes of, of the whole series. We get to see the bunnies. Um <laughs> let's let's close on out then you can follow uh the main network on uh twitter at retrozapped uh you can follow us on twitter at lost rewatch pod you can find me at the dc fanboy uh steven where can folks find you all over twitter i am at lucky 13 steve all right and Corey, what about you you guys can find me on twitter at original mav all right, and like always, you can join us in Discord to talk more about it. Go to regisout.com for more details, for articles, other podcasts, T-Public Store, and anything that fits your fancy. So with all that being said, 
guys, we will see you next week here on Previously on Lost.